listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I dreamed that I tore all the skin off my face with someone else under me. Anyway, how are you? You want breakfast? Hi, folks! <laughs> oh, man. Ben is quoting a, a, one of the most weird scenes in this movie. <laughs> The lack of chemistry between Look, a, a leading man and his woman so shocking in a film. We'll get there. Don't pretend that you've never woken up and told the woman that you just slept next to, and I believe it was slept next to. I don't think there's any indication that they slept together. He no, was, he wasn't um, even he in was, his room. He was, he was in, his room. in a different he was room. room. Yeah, slept in a different sorry. room. You come into a room, you tell her that you pulled your skin off and that you were uh, a different kind of human underneath, like you're some sort of Luke Skywalker in a Dagobah cave, and then you just go about having breakfast, and that person never asks a follow-up question like um who <laughs> who I, are you I, under I, your I, skin <laughs> telling, that person also just told you a very sexually charged dream they had in which they're naked and how good the sun felt i mean it's like Hot her cool. dream is like why would you tell a like a relative stranger <laughs> that dream well um i have a telepath yeah, telepathic connection. Yeah, they did have a telepathic connection, which was oddly and unnecessarily written in. And of course, always with me to discuss uh, skin tearing and dream analysis is my good friend and NAOS all-star, uh, all-star baby, Christopher Artisan. Uh, hashtag Chip Snackerson. Hey, oh my God, so good to be on for this episode. Uh, so We're glad somebody's excited. Oh, uh... I will admit that when I look for a guest, I look for anyone who can elicit more than a tepid reaction to a film. That's always the best person to have. Uh, and when I mentioned that I was doing The Shadow, Chris literally leapt to his feet and said, yeah. can I be on it? I... <laughs> Which was <Yeah>. odd. <laughs> so, yeah, that would, of all the films, if you've been like, guess which film Chris wants to do? I'd be like, well, it's not The Shadow. It's not, yeah. not The Shadow. Uh, we already did The Phantom. Is it uh, Barbed Wire 2? Oh, man. Well, oh, bring me back. <laughs> And then he wants to do only me in the first one. Only I... direct the video sequels. For, for those super fans out there, there is no barbed wire two, but there could be. And there is no shadow two, <laughs> and there should have been. No, it was planned it, for it, a it, major <laughs> franchise, yeah. and it did not make the cut. <sighs> yeah, we in an era where studios got... were like, "What film should we make?" Oh, I know. Let's make films based off of old pulp comics and radio dramas. They, they think they did this, and then I don't. Does the same production company do the Phantom? And uh, it's not the same company, I believe, but they, they are like shockingly close together. But they also were shooting Dick for Tracy, a, yeah. They were also shooting for a multi-movie like like a, a trilogy with the I'm Phantom. I'm pretty sure I had a shirt. In, a, a Phantom shirt? Yeah, like they definitely sold that in a Walmart <laughs> in my small town in, in Arizona. Uh, a why and B why weren't you on our Phantom episode, you son of a bitch? Oh no, I'm sorry. I had, a, I had a shadow C- shirt. You had, uh, you had a, shadow a shadow t-shirt. shirt. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm getting the I'm getting the pulp. I'm sorry. Did stuff. you go into a Walmart and it clouded your? <laughs> it I clouded, clouded my mind. <laughs> well, I know the darkness that lies within. I was gonna say, you hearts. know the, the only the and only it's eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine at Walmarts. <laughs> The only retail sh- store to know what evil lurks in the hearts of men. Oh, they, they bought Bonobos, so yeah, they're evil. Yeah. <laughs> what bulk evil works, yeah. lurks in the heart of men? What weed bulk of box evil stores. works at Walmart? Excuse me, sir. Well, welcome oh. to Walmart. My name is Ronald. So if you uh, somehow have not been picking up on it, we covered uh, 1994's The Shadow, starring my man, Jack Donaghy himself. Oh, Alec Baldwin. A young... Alec Baldwin's seen how little he can act in a film. In his prime, Alec Baldwin. Actually, 
A number uh-huh. of characters in this film were legendary actors given strangely bit parts. <laughs> it was the so... amount of people that they kept introducing that I was like, that person is way too good to be in this movie. And it, it was just like constant to the point. Well, not, I guess it was like three people, but still, it was enough That's to a, be jarring. A lot. I mean, they had a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say that they were like bit workers or something, but they were like a lot of like, but there's a, there's a couple act, like Asian American actors that I have seen in like 30 movies. And yeah. I was like, you were in Die Hard, or you in you were in this, you know, and that then like maybe because Hollywood refuses to hire any more than thirty eight actors. It's the kind of guys who, if you scroll to their IMDb page, you get like you get like Korean restaurant owner, yeah. Chinese taxi driver, yeah, uh, Mongolian sure what country they're from, but henchmen. Yeah. It's, it's it's their country of origin that's not accurate and then and then yeah, a, like a career they're korean they're always japanese in the movie if they're yeah, japanese they're these, always korean yeah. hollywood just does not want to read people's ethnicity i don't know if it'd be fun for them at all but like i just want them to have like a panel somewhere like a comic-con where they like get a panel for like all the roles they did and stuff it's just Dude, gotta be people that are fans i would sit down on a bit asian character role yeah and just like watch a bunch of character actors talk to us about what it was like to like yeah, yeah. be in die hard be in the shadow yeah. be in like an indian <laughs> Like, movie bit actors the three guys in the museum are all like actors that you saw in like a ton of movies in the late 80s and early 90s yeah but of which you're not like famous enough to recall their names but like when i saw them i was like oh i've seen those guys in like a ton of movies no idea pretty what their sure, names are though pretty sure the first thug on the bridge i forget his name now it was like austin or logan or luke i, I can't remember now duke maybe keep going was and, like it's one uh, of those bible duke names and, uh, like, yeah, like he was in Seinfeld. I'm pretty sure at some point, and like he was in a bunch of stuff in the '90s and everything. Like there was a lot of people that like this movie. Like every scene, like yeah, every scene had. And I think we'll get there. I think maybe we'll get just call them out as we like as we come across them. This was the Law and Order of yeah. movies in oh, which yeah. everyone got a piece oh, of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> everyone got a little bit of it. It was yeah, amazing. Sort of like. It is like when you watch a movie, you're like, oh, I've seen that person. You realize it's just because they filmed the movie in New York, and every actor who works in New York was in Law and Order at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it because we have a lot to talk about. Uh, so let's so just first, get into the the start though. Well, well, first uh, the, the the always thing we like to talk about, although it'll be kept real short here, uh, is, is 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 especially when we start a new franchise. Although this is unfortunately not a franchise, uh, is is. To ask if any of us have uh, a close relationship to the original comic book material, aka The Shadow. And of course, we're all currently in different rooms doing a shrug motion. Yeah. Because... What? <laughs> I was going to say, I, I read when Diamond Press, uh, or Dynamite, Dynamite, bought the rights to The Shadow a few years back, and Garth Ennis did a run on it. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, this could be interesting. So I bought it and read it, and it was not interesting. It was just pretty standard. But I've never read one of the pulps. I have. um, I I don't yet get a seniors discount anywhere I go, so no, I have not read (laughs) Shadow. My grandparents are Shadow Pulp are dead, but that's (laughs) not as close as I get. I think. Um, But yeah, this was. I mean, the Shadow was a figure that started in the 30s as a radio play, moved on to a pulp comic, which I think was actually more popular, Uh, and then it has popped in and out. yeah, he's popped in and out of the DC universe from time to time. He was in like a couple Batman's and like the Silver Age. Yeah, they bought the rights to him for a period of time and oh. then let them lapse. But his really? like creation is bizarre because he was originally just the announcer for a radio program. Correct. Yeah. 
He had like no – and then people were like, who's this shadow guy? His voice is really cool. So they created a pulp comic that explained who he was, and then that got really huge, and they were like, oh, let's just make a radio play about the shadow. And so they started doing that, and so he basically just came as like – like, you know, they just wanted a guy with a cool voice to introduce the different radio – like these little radio plays they did. (laughs) So he has like a really weird creation, which I think is reflected in the shadow because – we were talking about this before. His powers in this movie are, are very confusing, but Super. so were they if you try to find out what the Shadow's powers are, depending on what year you're looking up, who the writer is, what the individual story needs for his power to be. <laughs> like, he's one of those yeah. characters where they're just like, I don't know, we're just making him up as we go, so uh, yeah, we can turn into a mist cloud. My, 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 my research pulled up that some of the original stuff basically just put him as a hypnotist. Yes, it was like, like Batman. Who's like Batman was super smart and agile and like physically apt, but other than that was not supernatural. And then occasionally, like two years later, he's like literally a ghost man. And then in this one, he's like some combination of the two. Yeah, Yeah, the Uh, the basic power seems to be he could hypnotize people and he could hypnotize them to not see him. But he was also supposed to be really good at stealth. And yeah. he could throw his voice, which was in every place I looked up. In <laughs> oh, all man. of them, they were like, he's really good as a ventriloquist. And I was like, why is that listed in every power group? Yeah, don't, has don't, no bu- don't put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're just I, like, I, he could throw his laugh. It's like, I, oh, okay. I, I, I get why they, they were <laughs> like, like, like the 94, rest- and they're like, uh, well, two, like, two Batman movies have come out then? Like two of the yeah. Burton ones? No, just one. one. Just I think one? just 89's yeah. Batman, right? Okay. I, I think that one was 92, right? Yeah, it could be, I actually. So. I can't remember. Um, But I... But like, yeah, you. Why would you make him Batman with guns that hi- uses hypnosis? Who can throw his voice? Yeah, you you can't be like with the power of Jeff Dunham. You <laughs> <laughs> don't know who he is yet because it's '94. But there are no other ventriloquists, so '94 was a great time simply because I didn't know who Jeff Dunham was. Yeah, it was, it was a pre-Jeff Dunham era for us all. I wish reduced to a slew of racists. But getting into the movie, as we said, um, this movie introduces one theme up front uh, that runs through the whole movie, which is um, a buttload of Beetlejuice music. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this Beetlejuice Batman. They really tried to rip off some Tim Burton I, I stuff. I think it really feels like they were like, we're going to do the shadow, and so, like some exec read it, and they were like, wow, he can like disappear into the shadows, and he wears like a black costume. They're like, try to make this as Tim Burton-y as possible, and they got a director who was like, I think I saw one of Tim Burton's movies. Uh, yeah, they got a director, Pogues. They no, got he's the a same, good director. Yeah, they got the same guy that did Highlander. And Highlander 2, The Quickening. The Quickening. Well, that, that's, that one's not a good show, guys. I know. <laughs> well. And, well, the, and as we talked in the mini show, like, the Australian hit Razorback, yeah. Jaws on Land, but with a giant pig. Which I, I feel like still need in, to watch. In watching this, he's trying to pigeon... Like, yes. or not Pigeon, Ape, I guess, somebody. You know what I mean? Like, he's trying to Dove. do something that is not his thing. <laughs> yeah, Where's he's trying to, like, Northern Swallow. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it, it doesn't, it feels like this is not, because I've seen Highlander, I, I've seen that movie a lot of times. And yeah, it, like, as a directing film, it looks nothing like this It does film. not like, open with the... It does not open with a dee 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 and, pa- oh, yeah. and slowly pan in on buildings swooping through one by one, which is like the most Tim Burton-y thing of all time. Yeah. Um, not to mention that this mo- the, the the music in this movie aggressively pendulums between 
this Tim Burton like creepy music to really big orchestral Batman notes. It sounds like, like yeah. the cartoon. Yeah, yeah like the big like the big like when, when he, especially in the la- later scene uh, in the third act when his cape flows out as he arrives at the hotel. Yeah. And it's like it's like super like on the nose Batman orchestral music. It's very but strange. Without- any of like the gravitas of Batman. So it's like a really great orchestra music paired with a guy just standing. And you're just like, oh, this isn't that but exciting, actually. Let, just a man in a trench coat. Let me tell a you really what. Cool trench coat. Let me yeah, tell you what does have fucking weight, which is the goddamn costume they give Alec Baldwin in the beginning of this movie. Oh, thank God. Oh, my God. I thought Dude, we were going to go over this again in the city. We, no, no, no. Oh, the, my God. Start, I'm so glad we're going back to this already. The start of the film. Is of like a car from the 1940s driving through a field in which – did you notice the, the destination – like when it pops up you know, at the bottom of the screen to tell you where they're at, did you notice what the name of it was? No. I missed that. Opium Fields Typet. So is Opium Fields the name of the town they were in? Like you usually it's, don't give like a general like to be don't, like, you know, you know, like Sandy Field, Wisconsin. Po- yeah, I mean, don't be like, mean, folks. Opium Fields is wonderful this time yeah, of year. Very nice. <laughs> I stayed at the Opium Fields bed and breakfast, and let me tell you, it was a delight. I mean, uh, in, uh, look, Cocaine Town, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I yeah it's, it's like you're like you know, it's like meth house, you know. West Ohio. Virginia. It was just such a no, weird. I was no, like, why is that the name of a place? Look, if you until you've hiked through the Angel Dust Mountains, you don't really oh, know the, the 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 lustrous power of nature. Um, also Angelist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we the cold open, and it is an aggressive cold open. Is like, hey, guess what? We're in Tibet, and Alec Baldwin has got yeah. crazy coat nails, and he it's runs like, you... an opium empire. He's got yeah, like I, I in saw his hands too. Yeah. I saw this movie in theaters, and I remember oh, going I in, and when it started, I was like, I think I'm, I think this is the wrong movie. Because, like, <laughs> what the fuck does this have to do with The Shadow? How like, old I don't you? know a lot about you're it. You're leaning over to your mom, and you're like, Mommy, I think we're in the wrong movie. <laughs> I legit think I probably did see this movie with my mom, because I would have been fairly young. I was uh, 10 in 94, so... Yeah, I, I would have been probably too young to see the movie without it. I think it was yeah. PG-13. This came out July 1st. 94 so it came out like right between the lion king and the mask which i i think obliterated it in the box office yeah those are two tough ones to fucking go up against let me yeah. tell you dude this movie wouldn't have been able to beat anything <laughs> it wouldn't have been are able to beat like, the direct no, deep sequel lion king if this movie came out in 93 it'd be this was a perfectly amazing. competent movie but yeah, yeah it, it it suffered from some it did have some odd choices i'm not saying that it's like a perfect good movie or necessarily even like a strong one I don't but, think it's a movie. What's that? I don't think it's a movie. I think that's why no one saw it. It's not a film. It does not have a like a plot of a movie. It has a form of a plot. But I think that's why, like, when as I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is happening? There's just scenes that aren't connected to anything. I but think, they still I filmed think, it I know and why. put them in the film. I think it's because they were, like, they were putting a lot of money in on it to be a franchise. They were putting a lot of money in on it to... They, they were, like, making shirts, toys, you know? They were, like, product placing it, it all over the place, you know? They were, like, building something behind it to turn it into this big thing. And yeah, were, but, I, think they, I think they had the script, and then they just dumbed it down a little bit, you know? Like, for a kid's movie, sort of attention span sort of thing. Hasbro had, like, a prototype, like, brandy glass that would catch fire and explode. But, uh, no, and then, no, I'm, no! I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
I, I they, they almost had a Super Nintendo game though. Well, they had a little the, uh, the Shadow Opium fingernail. It was just one for your pinky, <laughs> and it was really long, and you just glued it on. So you there was a Lamont Cranston doll that when you press it, it would scream at full volume. <laughs> I tore my skin off in a dream. Oh, that's, <laughs> oh I would buy that. Oh my god. I it had no other elements. Are there any so. listeners out there that have art skills? Because if they send that in, I will do opium um, with the doll. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good selling point, but Look, I'll do it. F- f- for the for like the fifth time, Chris, please stop making opium pledges on our episodes. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, like, it's like you're basically like, hey, which one of your fans wants to ruin my life? Ben has a P.O. box just for drugs. Look, so. if someone can prove to me that this movie was made in 1994, I will do opium. I'll do opium. <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to do it now because I, I've yeah, been in your you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Chris. I'll just bring the mic down to the couch. That's fine. Um, yeah, so in the beginning, though, in Opium Fields, Tibet, With which is an odd chest story. hair. Let's just get it out of the way real quick. Just Alec Baldwin's chest hair. Holy they, yeah, one. shit. That Alec Baldwin's chest. all of his hair. Yeah. His, his wig in the Tibet scenes is so aggressively <laughs> not so, hair. It's so it's, good. It, like, goes up, like, a foot and then goes back, like, hair. Like, yeah. It, it's, like, it's, like, almost like he has, a like, a high top, and then it just goes into, but like, he, a hair. It's so weird. He trimmed it back to a real Romney cut, you know? Yeah. It's looking yeah. good. After all, after all, let's all not forget... That your hair is your head suit, as Jack, da- as Jack Donaghy would, would have us and have us be. You winked it! <laughs> I, hey, I wish midway through the movie he had just been Jack Donaghy, because I think it would have helped. basically was. There were so many was. Jack Donaghy mannerisms yeah. that was screwing me up. Um, but yeah, we're introduced to him as an opium kingpin. He, he came there after the war, which I assume based but on she... the time period is World War One. Great war, right? Yeah. yeah after he saw Wonder Woman like kicking Nazis, he was like, "Fuck this!" I feel like though he's from like like the car and him are from a different time period than everyone else in like because like the scene is set up as if he's he's like Kublai Khan like or something like it reminded me of that terrible Marco Polo show on Netflix. Like he, they go into this room like, why does he's a, a drug dealer like? Why is he, like, wearing and dressed like he is a Mongol warlord? It is odd. It's not the way that you would run an empire, regardless of the time period. I mean, a modern time period. You wouldn't be in a throne. <laughs> it's, no. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Like, but behind, like, a very modern desk. As yeah. if he's, like, doing a lot of paperwork. It cuts, like, he gets abducted in the night after murdering this... Uh, one of three brothers that he swears will get his revenge. His brothers will get revenge, exact revenge on him for murdering him. And uh, uh, is that revenge giving him superhuman powers? I yeah, because like is that is I didn't it's a weird make choice. That clear at all. And in the middle of the night, he's abducted and he's taken to this monastery and basically a monastery which is like Cobra Temple from GI so, Joe. Yeah. Good. Uh, all the painted buildings, like the painted painted on oh like, pre CGI buildings, were so good. I have a I have a note that says this movie was funded by Bad Matt Painters Inc. Like because there's oh, so many bad matte paintings. And I love. They're it. so aggressively not real. That yeah. Just like 
That's clearly just a painting. It's the set. The that. set designers were really following the Wiley e. Coyote school of set design. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, like when they're on the bridge. I'm like, that bridge is ten feet long. Yeah, it's just when, world when world. those oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when those two goons ran away, I'm like, guys, not not too fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I feel like they had to cut off like the last second of that scene where they both plowed into a wall, and they're like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, like so he like goes there, he fights uh, a floating knife. Thing. A, a Beetlejuice knife. A Beetlejuice knife. Because it's doing the yeah. Beetlejuice face. Oh, yeah. You know? It's and got it's, the teeth. It's and also used in another movie. The exact same knife. I cannot yeah. remember what the, the yeah, movie right? is. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I know what this thing is from. And, like, and then, uh, also, the knife is dull. Like, you, you see the tip of it yeah. multiple times. It is dull. It's a lawn dart. Yeah, Let's be clear here. It's an ornate golden far, long dart. If you throw it from afar and, like, you know, have that vertical What's strange is they introduced this, like, mystic knife, which I thought was just a vessel to introduce to you that there's some mysticism in this world that that this character did not know of. And for that purpose, it's very successful. Did a good job. It's kind of like that scene in, like, uh, the recent Doctor Strange when he's like, oh, I'm just a doctor with broken hands. There's no mystic part to the world. And then suddenly he's introduced, oh, holy shit, there is. Um, But instead, it turns out, having just watched the whole movie, that the knife becomes a pivotal element to this the whole film like the antagonist has, of the film yeah, the, it has more screen time than ian mckellen <laughs> like for <laughs> sure more screen time than the shadow he's yeah. never that knife was number three on the call sheet oh yeah <laughs> got his own trailer like ian's eating sandwiches in the back to the point where at the end when he had the knife i was like did the knife orchestrate all this like is it really oh, the yeah. knife's plan and the knife's rules we're super vague because the guy at the beginning doesn't explain the knife. Other than that, it's mystical and it's not what he expects. Yeah. And then um, Shiba Khan at the end suggests that it, that he's still using brute force as if it's more of a mind thing yeah. than physical, which is like close, but I still don't know what that is. Yeah. And then he seems to control it, which should be a big scene that makes you go, oh my god. But instead you're like, oh, I guess he's just – Good at the thinking. Yeah, part. also I was just like, was like yeah. so what happened right now that all yeah. he wiped blood out. out of his face and then the knife wiped blood out of its little knife face with its little weird arms that it grew all of a sudden. These are like movie cues yeah. to an idea that never culminates. You know yeah, what I mean? It doesn't, really, it doesn't really explain it at all. Anyway, yeah. um, so we're introduced to the there is a missing element. Master. Yeah. Did he get a name? I don't think he did. He's just yeah, called. He like, has a name. It's like uh, Tolik or something. Or oh, you're right. Google. Yeah. I forget what it is. But we're introduced that there's a mystic element to this world, as is this character of of. Uh, oh yeah, Mont we Carson. go from basically an opium lord having a man like his 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 a man he says is like his father murdered so they can kill the man behind him, and then we cut to him being thrown into a room where a knife comes to life and attacks him. Yeah, it's hard to get your footing in the first ten minutes of this and, movie. To be like, and then what is happening, and then we go to opening scroll text, which is bold. Okay. This is also. I put like down a, a note when they're in Tibet. I was like, hmm, I can't imagine Tibet was pleased with this depiction of, like, they're no. just all opium addicts and they're, like, controlled by, like, a Mongol warlord. And then the opening title card comes up in which they say he goes to, like, the worst place on the earth to fight men. And they're like, New York City. And I was like, hmm, I can't imagine New York City was pleased with that title card. Like, well, it's like, it was, it was the 90s. It was pretty accurate. They're like, way. we're worse than Tibet? Come on! <laughs> We have literally, you literally were way less opium. <laughs> well, well. Um, yeah, we're introduced to uh, a couple of characters. We're just to the, the mafia element, which is a pretty classic 
shadow uh, entity for him to fight. Uh, and we're introduced to Roy Tam, who's a scientist who feels like he's going to be hyper-relevant uh, and is not. Not <laughs> at all. Uh, also, interesting side note, if, you, if, if you've ever watched the, uh, the Adventures of Jackie Chan, or yes. the Jackie Chan Adventures, however it's titled, um, uh, that Roy Tam is the voice of the uncle uh in that in that show which yeah. is fantastic because that's like some of the best voice acting in the world yeah. um yeah and we're introduced to like what you think is going to be which what i i thought would be the structure like this is the gang who's going to fight you know um some element that this is like who we're we're, we're being introduced like maybe you the, think the hint of a villain. this scene has something to do with the movie and I'm saying they just they verify, <laughs> yeah they just like they go into this whole thing where he gives him a ring and he's like you work for me now because I saved your life sort of thing so he's got all these like and then like you see it throughout the movie is that he's got all these people with rings yes that, uh, like, he's they're able to contact him establishing the pulp then, the pulp yeah. comics that that one of his quote unquote powers was just a a vast network of agents yeah sort of like uh, Sherlock Holmes's homeless uh, network that he uses yeah. to get news. Is that, yeah, is that a power or just an elaborate... Yeah, I, it just feels like a guy who, yeah, I, is like really calling in some Wookiee life Look, bits. look, look, having a quality LinkedIn connections is, I consider, a superpower. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't have any. I don't know. They're yeah, all, that's, that's why you have no superpowers. They're Once all endorsing it, him for smoke fighting. It's great. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like ventriloquism, like eight endorsements. Uh, also, I had a quick question. Did anybody think that they, when they did the shadows makeup, they were like, "We got to make him look different." Somebody was like, "Can we make him look like Liam Neeson?" I, I did not see did Liam not Neeson. See that really? No. Watch looks, it again. Watch the beginning he again. He looks like, like Liam Neeson. I'll have to freeze frame when they actually show a full face. Then, um, I mean, I think they they really made him look like when he's in shadow form or whatever. They make him look. Ex- like an exaggerated version of like a caricature of what the shadow looks like in all the art that I was in the pulp comic covers predominantly where you see visual which is that is the shadow had he that's a disguise he wears it's not he doesn't control his mind to do it like he does in this movie the shadow is also a master of disguise and that's one of his things is he wears a disguise so people can't tell but let's say let's say let's say this real fucking quick we consistently mock uh characters like uh uh superman for just mm-hmm. putting on glasses and yeah. like a curly cue and yeah. being like i'm a different person a different or guy. even batman just being like uh just don't look at the bottom my chin jawline yeah. nose or get a visible voice scar. Oh, but yeah. the shadow has this like a different voice a bit mm-hmm. he's got mm-hmm. He obscures the bottom half of his face. His nose is significantly different. Oh, yeah. His brow is different. That he's always a stuntman until the end. Yeah, he's he's yeah. definitely different. There's which no I gotta say is a stuff. convincing cover. It's way better than the than the uh, the alter ego stuff we see in other comics. Yeah, but, but the thing that makes it ridiculous is that it's not literally just like he's not putting on a fake nose. That he's like somehow making his face different using his mind. It's just like a weird I, inclusion. It's it's I like. It's odd, but it, it, it's 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 the directors going directly throwing back to the original pulp covers and and descriptions without ever having to call it out in the movie, just being excessively dedicated to the source material for no other reason than just committing to it, which I thought was kind of cool yeah. to be honest. Well, I mean, I, I think if you don't make the shadow look like that, then what's the point? 
Yeah. You don't give him the gigantic nose and like, cause I'm like, that's, he's iconic enough that people at least know what he looks like. They may not know yeah. jack shit about it, but they'd be like, oh, I think that's the shadow. I so yeah, it would cool. be odd if I, they. I thought it was very cool. I yeah, I, cool I, I like, like the, thing his that design. I don't think trench coats are cool. Or dusters. I don't really think they're cool, you know? Right. I think a duster looks cool in a cowboy. They look you know? super cheesy. Yeah. Especially to us now. Oh, yeah. But in the in the third act, when he's lost the cloak and he's just like uh, Alec Baldwin in that, that, like, duster with the collar popped up. Yeah. And he's got, like, the, the whatever, the harness for his guns. Yeah. That's fucking hot shit right there. He looks really good. That's good shit. That I'm all aboard. I'm yeah. all aboard the Baldwin train. Speaking of people who look great, how about Jonathan Winters? What a uh, just a handsome man. Clarif- is that his is like he in the movie? Is that his uncle? Yeah, Jonathan Winters is his uncle, the chief of police. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> who I always just whenever I hear him, I'm just like, mm, no, you should be in an episode of Scooby Doo. I just can't see him outside of that one episode. Yeah. He would look really good getting the Frankenstein mask pulled off his face. Uh, <laughs> Quick side note, uh, we talk about our origin story uh, theorem uh, in a number of, of episodes, which is that most uh, first franchise movies should aim for a 30-minute origin story uh, time limit. If your character is not in costume, kick an ass by 30 minutes, you're probably blowing it. Um, this is tended to prove pretty accurate, and this one, I think, uh, set a new fucking record, because this guy is, like, the Shadow is doing <laughs> his shit. six minutes. Eight minutes in, he is yeah. fucking <laughs> punching guys off bridges, and I'm like, okay, we are ready to like if, launch. Like, if he's in a Spider-Man movie, and Peter Parker is just introduced at the museum, and he's bit by a spider, he's like, oh my god, and then he just has the powers. And, and then we fast forward eight else. years. <laughs> eight years later. And he's just wetting people left and right. Oh my god. It is like when you really think about it because like he has no backstory they don't explain why he's in tibet really they just mentioned that he was in the war and that's it the great they don't explain how he became a drug kingpin it's really sort of weird that they're like this is information no one cares about they thought maybe they'd do a prequel if they got three movies in you know speaking of speaking of things no one cares about we're introduced to a character that could definitely have been written out of this movie which is uh margot lane his what his romantic love interest and like kind of sidekick i feel like she was only because she was so integral to the shadow comics like she's in almost every shadow comic yeah they eventually get married but it's like two things real quick one his sidekick is the cabbie yes okay yeah for sure yeah who is probably gets more peter boyle right yeah, yeah I, I, and I think he gets more, um, like... Screen time? Jokes? Screen time, definitely more jokes than character Margot. Um, fan character art. development. Yeah, he gets more character development than her, I think. Because, like, her whole thing is that she's, like, she walks Whoa, in the room... Whoa, stop right there. I don't know. What, 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 what character arc did the cabbie have? I'll <laughs> tell you. Just... We found out that he just had his life saved by the Phantom, and so he owes him. They're owes friends, him. and he's learning how to do mind reading. What do we know about Margot Lane? Her dad's a doctor and really smart. And she is psychic, which is Question. not a shadow. And also, thing. wait, wait, and also, yeah, we we talked about it earlier, but she is horny for the shadow. <laughs> she is horny. She for is justice. just horny. <laughs> just sentence over. There's she there was, is a matter you know what? Do, really. do you, girl? Do I will it. admit, I, there's I, a chance I, she tried to fuck that Peking duck they got. Yeah, I don't think so, Poe. I have two Where's competing. I have okay, two competing thoughts over. on this character. One is. 
I'm excited that they made a female character that was obviously just present to be a love interest because that's more or less her role in the original pulp comic yeah. and gave her another element where she's like, oh, I'm psychic too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 from far away, I want to say that's cool. But yeah. in the context of this movie, it is abrupt because yeah. we just met the Phantom or the Shadow. We just fucking met him. <laughs> Man, how many times we met him so soon we don't remember who he is. <laughs> Billy Zane is in this. I'm sorry, uh, I'm, having, I'm uh, having a stroke. Alec Baldwin. Uh, I'm having a stroke. Uh, um, but but we just met uh, uh, the Shadow, and we just met that his alter ego. We're just sort of learning his, his the ropes of what he can do. Um, we're, we're no less than like maybe 12 minutes of this movie and he meets Margot. They go on an immediate date. There's no it, sizzling. It, it they is just the go, worst meet cute. They go right to a date and in literally the opening, which, what should be the first dialogue of all date, which is oh. like, how many brother and sisters do you have? What do you do for a living? Like those are your opening questions. Her opening comment is, oh, by the way, I read fucking minds. No, her opening comment is, wow, you know Chinese. <laughs> yeah, right. And then he says, anyway. Just Mandarin. Uh, <laughs> Which is also you know weird. I, you know like, what I, why, why couldn't I he know Cantonese? I had a weird... Uh, I don't I think a, they I speak dark, Mandarin in Tibet. Unfortunately, they do now. Uh, uh, I got a dark thought because I was just thinking, like, is, like, did he walk up to her being like, I'm going to use my shadow knowledge yee. to go on a date with her? Oh, totally. That's he what read the Perfect Man does in Jessica Jones, and that shit is not. That's... Well, uh, in Jessica Jones, he's controlling their actions. Yeah. They can't say no. He is basically just being like, ooh, she wants Peking duck. I'm going to oh, mention it, and right then, I'll, right then I'll take her to a restaurant. No yeah, point, my no knowledge point. of the only time that one he does, form of Chinese. Too, is when she, he tells her to leave him alone because he's worried yeah. she'll figure out he's the shadow. Okay, not a dark dark thought rescinded. Now, here's yeah, my he, question. Well, just to clarify, he's not purple manning her. No. Like you no, said. He's just it's, using inside knowledge. He, he's, Mel Gibson, he's, he's Mel Gibson in What Women Want is what he's doing. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Is anybody else <laughs> super excited Ben just referenced Mel Gibson's What Women Want <laughs> where he shaves his legs? I don't remember that part. When are we yeah, covering that one? Himself, actually, when are we covering that movie? There was a comic off of that, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm figure, sure. I'm sure it was figure out if there's a comic on it, and I'll be on that episode with you guys. <laughs> we may just do it just for shits and giggles. Yeah. Uh, can we just? I have a question though. Do you think that woman, like, had heard of the profession of acting before she took this role? Because she is terrible. She is aggressively. Uh, she won film. a Saturn Award for her acting yeah. movie. Yeah. How many so. Saturn Awards do you have? You have. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> also, Pose, I actually have a weird fact because I was looking up her, uh, her Wikipedia page. Um, she was married to Will Arnett during this year. She was married to him from '94 to '95, which makes me think: Did Alec Baldwin destroy this marriage? Probably not. But some of the things. Yeah. Are, just she came home and Will's like. I, you smell like Peking duck. What's the deal? Uh, I think they went to the premiere and he was like, I've made a horrible mistake. Oh, <laughs> boo. Boo, boo. Boo. Come on, she I don't a... get credit for that uh, reference. She was in The Artist, and that movie won Oscars, I think. I didn't well, see Well, I'm it. sorry. Maybe really a Spirit bad. Award. Maybe a Spirit Award. <laughs> she won a Saturn Award for that, Saturn too. Award. I think the Saturn Award people don't know what their award's for. Neptune certificate. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, Mars bar. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a candy bar. <laughs> just a candy bar. Um, so at this point, we're introduced to the core villain of this movie, who is not the mafia, who is not a dark syndicate, uh, like you would expect from some of the introduction, which is fine. 
It is actually um, the the descendant of Genghis Khan, who's in a, a he's a real cheap ass because he he flies there in a sarcophagi. Yeah. Instead of just getting the plane ticket, it seems like he would have been able to do so. But here's a question I had. He said I absorbed all of Genghis Khan's powers. Did Genghis Khan have magic powers? Wait, yeah, yeah. Is that canon? <laughs> Genghis like, Khan's like a mutant. Yeah, he's uh, like I absorbed all of his powers, and I'm like he was. Just a dude, like I, I mean, are you positing in this film that he was shadow esque? But also, why the fuck does he have to be related to Genghis Khan? <laughs> like, what was the end game there? Where they just like, we need somebody Tibet adjacent. Well, he's for actually this work. He is a what he said. I think Ben said that he was like the Batman's Joker essentially for really. Yeah, you're from the Pulps. Oh yeah, Shaiwan Khan is like the wow. central reoccurring villain for uh for the Shadow. There's actually quite a lot of this movie that is taken from like yeah. directly lifted from some of the major pulp ones. Uh, just to, before I forget to bring it up later, one of the biggest ones is that the 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 the, the first appearance of Shaiwan Khan in the pulp comics in like 1937 or something, um or, or 40 something is is in a book called the golden mystery which is one of the more famous shadow books and in it and this will sound familiar a weapons engineer in america uh is hypnotized by shawan khan to create a weapon for him so he can take over the world uh and this is done through the medium of a billboard Oh, does that sound that's familiar to anybody familiar to what happened in this movie Who just watched this movie Hell yeah and had a hankering for llama cigarettes. Oh, I'd man. climb a mountain for a llama. Ben, ben found a website that had like some memorabilia from the movie, and they had an unopened pack of llama cigarettes. Yeah, I it's one. Really hoping you were gonna say they had the billboard. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Oh man, it's like seven. It's like you know, seven feet long. You're just like, what the fuck am I gonna do with this? There's just some guy with a warehouse, and it's just sitting in there slowly blowing smoke rings. That'd be great. What was interesting is that's based on a real camel cigarettes, obviously. Um, a billboard yeah. that was in New York City that did yeah. blow cigarette, like it, it, it did actually do that. Man, that was a real thing. Back when um, smoking was cool. I don't, I don't know who that's a reference to in this movie. I don't know, like this one guy in the audience who's like 80. He was like, I remember. <laughs> he was like the thing, like I, I, you know, like seeing the movie now, I'm like, oh, I know that's a reference to a famous billboard, but I'm like. What, what's the purpose? Though? Like, what's the, you know what I mean? It's not like people are like, ooh, the beloved billboard, like, smoke billboard. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's a reference to something that's, like, true Americana. You're just like, yeah, yeah there's this weird billboard in Times Square for a while. It's, we decided to reference it in our movie. Why? I don't know. We just didn't want it to be a woman on the billboard, I guess. That, that I think, like, that, uh, that balcony, I guess, in that weapons departments in New York for that, that whole yeah, setting. Which, uh, like, across the street from the smoking billboard. Um, like, that had some of the, like, the worst effects in the movie, because this movie has, like, a lot of really cool effects, like, when, they, uh, when Khan's pulling the tapestry out of the wall, um, like, all those, like, squares. Yeah. Out, that looks really cool. The shadow, right, like, the shadow on the bridge, like, Yes, for, around. for the 90s, there was yeah. some solid really effects cool work stuff. in here, yeah. Um, but then, like, this had some weird stuff. We saw, like, when the, the guards came up to, to, uh, kidnap, um... The professor Ian McKellen. Um, yeah, which doctor. we'll get to. Yeah, uh, like they they 
it had some weird effects there. I guess we'll get into them in a second, but yeah. no, yeah, oh, yeah like, you caught the, you pointed out Chris pointed out a couple of wires he spotted during stunt work. Yeah, which was very oh, really? apparent. Yeah, yeah they were very like, clear. Like, Holy! <laughs> when Chris mentioned, it, I was like, oh god, it's like it's barely edited out of this scene. Yeah, but that that, that gets me. Well, well, I guess we, should, we mentioned the villain here. The Shawa Khan appears uh, in the museum in the in the tomb, the sarcophagus, as you mentioned. Uh, he he. <laughs> Which is a good scene, I think. Yeah, it's sort of like a night at the museum thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it kind of is. Except, except it's not Owen Wilson in no, that sarcophagus. No. But, but oh, that, wow. that would have been a great twist. Oh wow, you're you're con. Uh, wow. wow, Alec Baldwin. Wow. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but Shawa Khan pulls an ET thing to escape being caught, where he just stands oh, a bunch, yeah. a, a bunch of dummies, a bunch of statues. Yeah. Which is like, you can control minds, dude. Maybe just... Yeah, like he just got a cop to shoot himself in the brains. <laughs> it um, is weird that he's like, I have to hide from the... But I know I have to hide. <laughs> the curator of the museum, I could be in a lot of trouble for this. But then he's like sort of trying to... Because like the next scene, he... One of my favorites... I, I like those two back-to-back. Like a lot of his, like, his, like, like first time in New York, you know, uh, interactions sort of things i i really remember they like stuck with me for some reason yeah like uh when he's escaping out of the thing all the latches are popping off and the guy's like trying to close them and then like they open up and he's there and he, like, he looks pretty badass it's a good bit yeah, and like, he does the, look the badass, mask yeah. and everything and he pulls it off to reveal mm-hmm. you know that um and but they go to the next scene where he's getting dropped off by a taxi uh in the middle of new york <laughs> or is it new york yes yeah, yeah. Um, i don't this scene and and the cabbie's like uh, four dollars or whatever, you know, and like, and then he's like, That's my "This is like another um, actor you've seen in a ton of movies." Yeah, oh, so many. There's the he is the guy who plays people. He's the guy, who plays, the guy who plays Kramer plays, in yeah. the fake TV show. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Holy good call, man. There's a lot of Seinfeld actors in this actually. Yeah, I think uh, they might have filmed this movie somewhat near like a studio I mean, that it. they filmed. Yeah, this actually this is one just one long Seinfeld episode actually, uh, and. <laughs> But like he, he, he's like he's writing down like where he's dropping him off, and then Khan's like you're keeping a record of like where you drop me off at, which uh yeah, which is you know I guess like important because you think it's just the middle of nowhere, but it's not, and and then he's like yeah it's uh, regulations, buddy, you know uh whatever, and they gotta um, know where we like, go, which hey, I'm like why. I'm- I was super confused about this though yeah. because because he seems super worried that someone's gonna look at the cabbie's book and see great grandson of Genghis Khan gas station and been like and across <laughs> from the empty lot <laughs> I took a Genghis Khan looking motherfucker to an empty lot you're right because he gets out and he's like hey you're out of gas and like it shows the fuel tank is full and then he's like I am out of gas and then he like kind of points down the so street cool. and there's a fuel truck and then he's like he starts driving towards it I remember this line still like I think I said it when you because when I, when I, <laughs> I I don't know why I thought it was so funny um, when I was a kid when I was 10 years old but he's like driving his car his cabbie into a fuel tanker yeah and then <laughs> he's going up he's like and everyone's like diving out of the way and he's like, and uh, he's about to die, and he just goes, "Must be my lucky day." Just <laughs> <laughs> like drives into it, boom, blows up. But like, wouldn't that be more? Wouldn't yes. that be more? Like, cause now they have to go down and be like, "Well, this cab driver blew up next to this empty lot in downtown New York." Like, isn't that more than just like? That's what I thought. I was like, so in his idea, 
having a, a random cab company knowing where a random person was dropped off is worse than causing a extremely noticeable explosion that many police officers and firefighters will arrive for. In his mind, he was like, this is much easier to disguise. It's got to be like an ego thing or something. Is the only time he ever like has people killed really or if they like slightly insult him. Yeah, he makes that uh, that that Navy guy, Navy, like uh, offshore Navy dude, jump off the Empire State Building. And there was like a scene that's just not that necessary. Been in a lot of stuff. Big famous actor, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, before we get any further, I just want to bring up. Uh, before this, we're introduced to two actors that are just confusing what's going on. Two actors doing American accents who are both not American. One of them is able to do it. The other one forgets occasionally while talking he's supposed to not be American. Uh, Tim Curry and uh, Ian McKellen are together in Such a scene. a waste. Tim Curry, too, I feel like they were like, is there a way to make him look like he's just clammy? Like, ever. <laughs> it's like he just got over a fever. Yeah. Actually, in this movie, uh, fun tidbit, his character's name is Clammy. Yeah, Clammy, Clammy, Clammy. <laughs> Dr. Clammy. But he's Dr. Clammy. Peter McClam man. And occasionally while he's talking, especially when he's talking to Margot, he occasionally slips back into his British accent. And it's like really noticeable, but the director was just like, nah, fuck it. No one well, cares. What's the world's most And I, don't, I was like, why couldn't he just be British? Yeah. It, it's the like it's New York in the 30s or whatever, like the 20s. It's not that unreasonable there'd be a British person there. He worked for U.S. US government, though, didn't he? Yeah, but he didn't have to. He was a, yeah. he was a, he worked independently, I think. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, either Let's way, um, apparently in the 20s, the U.S. military's idea of security was putting somebody in an office building and then putting two, like, kind of dumb soldiers who were also both, uh, like, known actors who were, again, like, bit role yes, actors. But love this. the one guy was, ah, he was also in Seinfeld. He's um, the, the other comedian that Seinfeld can't stand. I can't think of his oh. name. Kenny oh, Banyan. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, this movie does have a lot of people. We're, three, well, we're talking 94. We Isn't that like prime? That's prime yeah, sign. That's, that's yeah, prime sign, a, baby. And the guy, I forget what the, the dude, he was in some movie. I can't remember what it is now. But they're like kind of know, like knowing. I'm just like, this is weird. It's like they cast a bunch of like, not super well known, but like every little big character is like an actor you recognize. Except yeah. for the woman. It's, it's kind of unprecedented, actually. Yeah, it, it's insane. I really enjoyed that part. Every, every little guy that popped up, and I was like, oh, fucking that guy. That makes me yeah, so I, happy. I just looked list. through the IMDb, and I just got like lost being like, this guy yeah. was in that movie? But here's the thing that bugged me the most about... Is Margo the only woman with the speaking line in the whole movie? Um, Hold on. Te- well, technically, uh, uh, the doctor, the Asian doctor, whose name I forget, Ricky something. Oh, yeah, his, oh, his wife. wife his wife is, speaks a bit. Yeah. You're right. Okay. But you're right. Basically, it's just Margot, and that's it. Uh, there are this movie, this does, movie is can, cannot pass the Sausage part. Two women do not talk to each other. Yeah, you don't movie. get past the first. Yeah, don't speak. That's it doesn't nuts. matter what they're talking about. They're just not allowed to they speak. They do not talk. You cannot women. even get past the first, like the first, like like tests like it's, it's no, like yeah. like the opening like, sentence in the back of this is like sorry. two women two women nope we're done we lost it's kind of like star wars and then it goes to each other and then you go oh, oh boy no, no. oh no shadow 
that's not going to work. I think after this movie came out, women actually lost the right to vote for like a couple of months. Oh <laughs> yeah, there was people who saw it like, ooh, I sure do like this. Women weren't um, allowed to speak. But the thing that most ooh. infuriated me about the McKellen and Curry situation is, okay, they are both fantastic in, I mean, like no one denies Tim Curry and McKellen being fucking great fucking actors. Yes. Um, they they were in the background of this movie behind the scenes. They were both, uh, Curry was excited to do this movie because McKellen was already on board. Yeah, and he they had done uh, Amadeus, Amadeus Broadway, together, I think, which was and famously like... well reviewed. Yeah, so they were super excited to work together. And when the movie put them together, I was like, I can't fucking wait for more of this. Guess what? There isn't any more of that. Anymore. Yeah, but Be- here's the problem: even when they're together, they don't keep like their their role for McKellen is like you're an idiot. You're a dumb. You're an Good idiot. Good God! Savant. It's so you're fucking basically frustrating. the Rain Man, he's an idiot except savant. for less interesting. Yeah. The, Ian McKellen. Yeah, he's a little like uh, aloof scientist, which is fine. But like two minutes into his screen time, and he is made into a brainless zombie. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, she said he can't remember which color is which. She's she's like, no, this is red, this is green. I'm like, bitch, he's not forgetting. He's colorblind. Yeah, yeah. a colorblind yeah. setup that, that barely gets payoff. Yeah. <laughs> Like they they were setting up the colorblind thing for the bomb scene at the end, which I is think, not I worth think it. The joke was supposed to be that he couldn't remember which color was which because he was so smart about other stuff, he didn't have time to remember colors. But I was like, you picked two <laughs> colors. Didn't have which any time to listen to his daughter. Too smart for colors. He's like eating dinner at two thirty because he doesn't realize how late it is. I think it was supposed to be like he's so obsessed with work, all he thinks about is that ball. And he's incapable of remembering anything else. And it's supposed to be. It looks like a. It looks like a, like a, like looks a. Like an underwater mine. Yeah, it looks like a. <laughs> it looks like a horrible bad scientist. Also, they call like, it a beryllium sphere, which is weird because the only time I've ever heard that phrase is in Galaxy Quest. That the beryllium sphere is what powers their ship, and they keep talking about it. I don't know. It is a Just, reference to this. It's gotta be, it's right? super weird. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, what bugs me is, yeah, McKellen's playing, like, a super dulled character. He's got no good lines. He's, they brainwash him, like... They brainwash him right away, so he spends the entire movie blank staring into nothing. Yeah. Which basically not not any difference from what they were having him do before. Yeah, really. but he's not saying anything. Curry and McKellen never act together in the same scene again, which is a fucking crime. And then Curry is written out of the movie until, like, the third act, which is so so weird. He is written like somebody was like, is there a way we could make a person like a weasel? Because we can't make a weasel talk. Like, he's like every part about I'm like, you wasted Tim Curry. He's like a child. Hey, you know those weasels in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah, we want that make him like, like real, a... make him real slimy, make him real slimy. Yeah, we want to put some more slime on him. Because like at one point he's just hey, can like... I get a slime guy over here, McKellen? I mean, Curry's drying up. Sir, sir, Tim, sir, Mr. Curry is dangerously clammy. <laughs> We're not die. sure it's an effect anymore. We think he may be ill. But there is a scene later where he does act again with McKellen, but McKellen doesn't speak, in which he's just flicking him in the back of the head. Yeah, and it's, just, it's I don't. What is it? Why is this a character? It serves. Yeah. It's just such a weird choice to be like, hey, we've got like a person who can play creepy or like, you know, devilish or whatever you want to say, and they're like, what do we want to do with him? And they're like, let's try to make him dumb, you know, like the worst role he'll play until he's in uh, Congo, and then they'll he'll try to one up himself in that movie by doing a Russian accent. Oh, I don't know if you guys when, are, when are we gonna do Congo? Pretty- 
Isn't that Not based on a comic, but oh, I feel like we should do it sometime. A comic tie-in for it, though, right? Okay, okay, let's do one. Stop um, me. I, lo- I, I kind of liked Curry's character a little bit. It was it was over the top and like real dumb. Well, especially in the third act when he has that he showdown. To do. That was great because Curry's just like the master of the, intensity. When he almost when they do kills the close-up. Yeah, when they do the close-up when he's shooting at the shadow and he's like, "Why don't you come out and fight like a man?" He is so moist. Man? That it is a like it is like I, the whole time I was like something's not right here. I felt like it was that scene in Indiana Jones where he has a uh, dysentery and he's just like soaking wet because he's like I'm oh, dying. Yeah. Can we stop filming? Uh, but anyways, back to the actual. But this is uh this was something I thought was interesting. When he's alerted to the murder at the museum, he he gets a message on his ring, the shadow that is, and you think he's gonna go to like his bat cave to receive this message his bat cave like he lives in like upstate new york his bat cave is in like Times square the sanctum and it's in like a just an alley off of a busy street like why isn't it underneath his house he has to drive all the way into midtown (laughs) maybe that's just where the pipes were already going the light is the the light is to yeah the light is to alert him to go back to his his library cave and Wait, to go to hold on. What is that? What that is? The yes. light tells him he has a message. Yeah, the light. So, like, it's a beeper. Yeah, it's a beeper. <laughs> like there's an emergency. Travel for conservatively that's, 45 minutes to get. That's just a beeper. Like he's what if he's like in like in like downtown Manhattan? He's gonna go fuck. I have like yeah, you know how long four trains. I got the cabin. I got and four. Like, clearly, his house is located not in the city. But, like, what also is insane is he then gets there and just calls the guy on a radio. Why did he ever go It's like a TV radio thing. I didn't even think about that. The ring is a goddamn beeper. And then it's like, he has to drive forever just to get to a phone. It's like, just call the guy from your house, dude. Run a tube to your house, dude. And he has to, like, as he's going into his, his, like, sanctum, he keeps having to look around because he's literally 20 feet, at best, away from a busy thoroughfare. (laughs) I wish he had, like, shot a city at the time. And, you know, I mean, it's... I really wish he had to shoe pigeons out of his floor when he goes in. When he goes in, there's just a homeless guy. He's like, sorry. He's got, like... Yeah, he's got, like, tubes all across the city, too. Yeah, yeah. And they all go to this other guy who I don't think he's named ever. He's just this radio guy. Oh, tube guy, yeah. Tube guy. And then, like, Tube Guy hits a button, and he goes to the ring, and then the ring blinks, and then he calls his cabbie. That's the his worst cabbie system. goes, <laughs> picks him up. So whatever his cabbie is, now he's out front. He has to go pick him up at his house, allegedly, or whatever, wherever I guess he is, and then take him down to the library to go inside of it, and then get the message, and then call the guy, How and does then it- get... Whatever the message is supposed to be. But how does the system work? So is everyone sending this tube guy yeah, a tube, tube, guy, tube every guy time, like, a like murder happens? Really saved. Well, they're not like, – they're all – I think they're all different people. Like, they all – Right. Yeah, he has like, informants. Yeah. But the informants are all sending tube guy yeah. messages being like, hey, someone has got murdered in a park on, like, 3rd Street. And is yeah. tube guy going like, well, that's just – fuck that. Like, yeah, like <laughs> that's not worth why it. Is, maybe why he, do they maybe think he that the it, guy yeah. – in the museum, they're like, it was a murder. It's like, the guy clearly committed suicide. Also like, that, he yeah. put the gun to his head and shot himself in the head. Why is... Like, they are acting, though, as if Why? they know he was forced to against his own will. It's well, like, the informant, like he was murdered. I, I, can, I got this. I got this. The informant is a police officer there. Sure. And 
but you can see that there's more to it than that. Like there's a missing thing in this crate, you know, like, and then like, so he's like, well, this is a little odder. So maybe I should report it. So, so the, the system is that anytime a police officer thinks a crime is might be related to it, might be interesting. Or, they great probably it over to the shadow. He sends it to tube guy through a series of tubes and tube and guy goes, pretty good pretty good and then presses a button to make the the shadow go back to his alley fort yeah which is well, not well like hidden. Is, did you and, notice that the tube guy gets the message and then writes it down on a piece of paper and i'm like oh he'll send that to the shadow no he just transcribes a note to read it to the shadow when the shadow calls I, it's the weirdest system they could have developed <laughs> for a man to be alerted to crimes like he finally calls me he's like well like 45 minutes ago there was a bank robbery but why they're gone. They killed twelve people. The cop himself just just call it. Just, no, just yeah, just just trigger the ring to blink like a bat signal, and then he just shows up and says, so "Hey, be like little what you got?" <laughs> well, then like yeah, I mean like why even have Tube Guy? Well, only and Tube Guy can how, the ring. What did you save Tube Guy from that he's like, "Yeah, I'll live the rest of my life in a tube room." <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what how, What did you save that guy from? Because at least the taxi guy still gets to be a bad taxi driver. Plus, he saved him from, a, you know, just a rough patch in his marriage. You know? Oh, yeah. He, he, really, like, he really helped him out. Yeah, he was having a hard time. He was – his job working in the tubes yeah, was the tube, really good. The tube factory. Because no one was buying tubes anymore. He was working at the post office, yeah. and it was really weighing on him. Uh, and then he came in, and he just bought all those tubes. And so, yeah, so he's going to commit suicide, and yeah. the, the shadow saved him and said, all right, you, you want to work in my – very, very my private. My tube mines. <laughs> I'll get my you a labyrinth. Loose. My yes. labyrinth of tube mines. <laughs> I am the shadow. I know what lies in the hearts of all men. I'll but I, you to but I need me. you to transcribe <laughs> but, it for me. But I need you to tell me about it on the radio. <laughs> on the radio. After you get it in a tube. <laughs> okay. Now, how long can you remember something? Because it's going to take me a bit to get here. Sometimes it might take me 40 minutes to get from the downtown. <laughs> I should Don't go worry. down to Brooklyn. <laughs> I'll call you once I get there. All right. So <clears throat> sorry, I'm at the opera right now. So, uh, <laughs> and then the message that he gets to is he's just like, "There was a murder at the museum. You should check it out." It's like that's the fucking message. And then he thinks about like, it. He thinks about it. Could have given him that message tomorrow. Yeah. He like spins around in his chair and he puts he he thinks in his in a very Alec Baldwin way of you know of uh, of handsomeness and. Uh, and, and then, all of a sudden, the villain shows up. Yeah, we're like, because he's like, hey, jackass, uh, pretty easy to get in your stupid fort. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just a knob you pull. It, yeah. It's really just a lever. Anybody can like, accidentally trip and hit it. Yeah. And then he's but, like, he tries to read his mind, I think. And then, like, he's like, you're not going to be able to do that, man. Like, I'm, I'm super. You, you know, know, I'm the son of Genghis Khan, famously. <laughs> Immune yeah. to mind reading. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the juggernaut of the Khan family. Famous mystic Genghis Khan, obviously. You may also have heard of him as a conqueror, but he was more known mm-hmm. for his ability to turn into shadow when no one was looking. Also, extra question. He's the descendant of Genghis Khan, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So presumably... Uh, the, the, which there are thousands. The, the lineage of Genghis Khan, each, each generation, mm-hmm. was sort of absorbed that power so yeah. like a lineage yeah. of powerful cons what were the other cons up to because this is the only one who seems to be doing anything and he's like i guess we're... they all just squandered their powers because because genghis well, khan what... died in like 12 like 
Yeah. So there's or, or twelve hundred. I mean, so there's 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 like a lot of cons who didn't do a goddamn thing. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, all Kublacon did was build that now. pleasure thing yeah. at uh, whatever the fuck the name of that place is. That joke's ruined because I forgot it. You, uh, Damn it. You Zanity. idiot. You can't expect everyone in your family to be successful, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, is 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 Timothy Zahn at all related to Genghis Khan? Yeah, he changed yep, his name. Yep, the, the exact same person. <laughs> yeah, and, okay. was in, right. and he was in The Phantom. Um. Oh, well, yeah, right. I, I don't, like, Shockingly, he died in 1227. Very classic, man. Just... Whoa. <laughs> Just leave it to me to forget the names of actors, but remember the death of the day Genghis Khan. died? You're like, oh, yeah, Genghis Khan's death? That's not that I recall it like yeah. it was yesterday. You have to remember one death day. <laughs> like, one yeah. death year. Uh, I don't know I don't know when my grandpa died, question, but... but I do know that Genghis Khan died in 1200. He also suffered from gout. Anyways... Huh. That is true. Suffered from gout, but uh... I mean, I, and then like, so yeah, like he he, uh, con uh, uh, is like I'm, I have the same powers as you. I am here to finish my father's legacy or grandfather's legacy. I think he said. I think it was his, one of his dad. I mean, he, he just says my relative. He just says I'm the rel- descendant. Oh, my descendant's legacy. Because I mean, that would have been seven hundred years. Yeah. Which is, like, a little weird that he doesn't, like, just try to take over all, you know... Like, I feel like the, the place to start, if you're Genghis Khan's relative, and you're mm-hmm. like, I want to take over stuff, maybe pick where Genghis Khan was from. I feel like that'd be an easy place to start. Because yeah. they may remember him fondly. I mean, probably not. But <laughs> they may, you know... They Mongolia may still have a great memory of, of Genghis Khan, who, you you know, took over their version of the known world. Yeah. It's odd though that he was like New York City. Look, in the 30s, people are gonna really remember who Genghis Khan yeah. is. And he's like trying to. He goes to the shadow, oh. and he's like, I, I know that, you know, I know who you are because I'm a fan of your previous life as an opium uh, mafia drug dealer out in Tibet. And we never hung out for some reason. Yeah, we never hung out. Like, what the heck, man? That was, that was pre-sarcophagus days. Yeah, he sort of yeah. fanboys on him a little bit. He's just like, man, like, I'm a big fan, and like, I just want to be your buddy. We could take over the whole world. And, uh, of course, he's uh, declined. And before he leaves, he like flicks a coin at him. Well, the shadow pulls out a gun and then looks up, and he's gone. Well, and there he is his coin, and then it's brilliant. The metal, I guess. Bronzium. Like, bronzium. He has, to go, he has to go figure out with uh, Roy Roy Tam. I think so. Yeah, like that's the that's the the other part of the movie is that that he is in is that he's a scientist at NYU and I guess he works in figuring out what metals. Yeah, he's a metallurgist, be. I believe. Yeah. But what's what's weird is I, the scene where they're talking. Like, did you think that that was bad? When it was Khan and Shadow, and yeah. they, he's like, "Where'd you get that tie?" And he tells him where, and he's like, "Is where's that at?" And he's like, "It's Midtown." And he's oh, like, yeah. "You're a barbarian." It's like, what the fuck is that happening? That was such a weird line. That was like the whole thing where it, it felt like they had dialogue written, but they were like, "Let's dumb it down a little bit." I think it was like they had dialogue written, I, and then somebody read it and they were like, "No, I, I don't read remember about this. any of this." I read, I, I read some of the scriptwriter's interview about this movie. Oh, yes. And he described that, that tie joke, which was brought up to him, 
was meant to be a dig at again this is a strange the strange audience they thought they were going to get for this movie yeah is it was a dig at the radio show which was like all radio shows at the time constantly plugging products you know like like it, the, you'd be in the middle of listening to, like superman wow. save the day and they oh, talk yeah. about how he would also like clean his uniform with or his, his outfit with tide you know they'd always like try to work shit in yeah that was a joke being like it's the radio show and they're talking about fucking ties um that was supposed to be the bit it was supposed to be like him being like i like your tie where'd you get it i got it from kelsey and sons down in the square like i just that was like, I mean, the like bit that, that but, part was like almost not like the the tie joke is not really the part that it's weird yeah but i was like okay it's supposed to be a joke like he and they're like making a joke but when he's just like you're a barbarian and the way he says it i'm just like I, I don't yeah it's not a it's not funny it's has no so connection weird. to what they were just talking about because it's, it's like he's like you're like, a barbarian but the yeah. guy was just saying he likes his tie it's also a subtle reference to the fact that Genghis Khan famously loved neckties look i know that i know so many things about Genghis Khan but he don't worry he was known as the Khan of Khans and the Khan of ties yeah so little known fact i'm editing the wikipedia in case you check right it now and look we'll and all cover it wikipedia. we'll all cover it in my podcast i think icon uh <laughs> no, we will <laughs> we'll uh, cover is, that has literally become my favorite running joke on this podcast is how they get worse and worse each time <laughs> <laughs> i um oh my god that is oof I gotta go. Um, look, look, just when it comes to puns, you want to have a condu attitude. That's all uh, I gotta he's say. He's the same. Same man. Same man. Wordplay for your dumb bits. Um. Uh, so you can't do better. Anyway. <laughs> no, this is. <laughs> no, I can't do better. Oh no, that, that one doesn't work as well. It's hard to get I hate to be con <laughs> descending right now. Chris. <laughs> that's, oh, somebody understands. That's pretty good. Play. Thank you. Someone set that up a bit. Um, so to wind it down. Because. Oh. Oh. Boo. Cut. Boo. Edit. Edit. Boo this man. Boo this man. Um, to wind it down because there is too much shadow to cover in think so. a podcast was, episode. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, we, when we reach the end, we get to a cartoonish bomb constructed for, uh, Shira Khan by a d- dumb and blind <laughs> Ian McKellen. Yeah, like yeah. A, a befuddled, befuddled Ian McKellen. And it's a pretty fucking fantastic bomb. It is a classic movie bomb where it's yeah. in, for no fucking reason, it's a giant metal sphere. Yeah. There's yeah. literally no reason to not just put it in a goddamn box, something that you can transport. It, but it no, just, it's, it, it has a gigantic count, uh, ticking clock. Yeah, Why? it's absurd. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and it, it's just like strung up in the middle of this weird hotel that he's living in, which, by the way, has that weird spinning floor that has yes, no purpose. Yes, that was one of my favorite parts. Is I was like, wow, I, I can see why this hotel went belly up. Yeah. They, Built their ballroom with a warping floor like a fun house. And then just like a pinball machine, that spinning floor sends that ball flying through the hotel for the, the bizarre out-of-place slapstick for sequence. Most, yeah, for the most complicated the and unworthy like, movie. Like, can we make Ian McKellen chase chase a pinball through a hotel? Is something that someone said Sir at some Ian point. Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> Sir Ian McKellen needs to, like, chase... Oh, God. What was the point of, like, they start the bomb, and he's like, set it for two hours, and Curry's like, shouldn't we be going? He's like, we'll leave in an hour. Why? Yeah, that was... I why, not just, why not just set the bomb for an hour like, and leave now? 
I guess he just had to make sure that he could stop the shadow from. But how would he know? But yeah, like I, if that's the case, though, why not just leave now and set the bomb for an hour instead of two? Like, what is the hour? What are you doing for the hour? You're just in a, a hotel no one can see. Yeah. You don't have to set up anything else. Beforehand, are he, like, hacky? sends a note to everyone he's ever saved to be, like, go down to this corner this where the famous New York empty lot is and just stand out in the rain and wait until you see something and then go inside of it. And then everyone go, everyone rushes down there and they wait out in the rain for it to – well, he has this fight scene upstairs – with the knife, mainly. Yeah, a core knife fight sequence. Yeah. Uh, Which the dull then, knife after the, the knife after the knife fight, he then chases uh, Genghis Khan's relative, who has built a slide in the bottom of his coffin, which I thought was still in the. He got he, no, he took with him. They go back and then it's empty. So. Yeah, but why? He was like, just in case. Like, was he sitting up there and he was like, in case the shadow gets to me. And he somehow takes control of the knife. I'll need to you make a quick made, exit. So I should have a huge fun house, you know. Con so. loved fun slides. Let's just be clear about slides, this. King yeah. is con. Big fan of slides. And then they were like, they were like, mm, uh, like a climax on a tilty world floor isn't enough. Is there a way we can have them run into a, I don't know, a room full of mirrors for some Ben's, reason? Ben's got another. Yeah, um, some some background re- revealed yeah. that they uh, they built a a, a huge set. Of mirrors for a sequence in which uh, the the shadow would be running through and um, a wounded Shira Khan would be taunting him and he'd be seeing flashes of his time as an opium dealer and all the like the monstrous things he's done really and cool. he would sort of like surmount that yeah. to to find the real Khan and kill him. Like deals with guilt However, that set made of uh, like a fucking 400 mirrors was in Los Angeles. Los Angeles being prone to the occasional earthquake <laughs> and they lost they lost like that entire set to a small tremor uh and so they took what was left and they filmed this weird screaming mirror sequence that yeah. was which does not disappointing. work like how did they show the flashbacks the fact that like sure or whatever his name is khan is standing in front of mirrors that just have really big heads of alec baldwin on them like it looks like he's in a music video it doesn't yeah. because they don't explain why he's really big in the mirrors and they did but that had shadow they been, yeah, they, they did that, like, they zoomed on his face right before they had the final thing of all the glass breaking. Yeah, and, and then there's just, like, a con running in front thing. of it. Yeah. It was very weird. But, yeah, I, the ending of this movie, it, it's also very anticlimactic. Like, yeah, yeah. Expect it's a super, I think Ben said that. Them. It's a super flat note to yeah. end the movie on, which is a shame. I would have loved to watch the original plan one. Because he's looking so fucking bomb coming yeah, in there with his, so his dual pistols and his, his harness. His I holsters. just feel like he doesn't really Call do anything in the movie. He has like one fight scene where he's not particularly good at fighting. And that's, I guess he has two. I, I, I don't necessarily agree. They, they, they do cut away a lot of his good scenes with him just being like kind of invisible, which is mm-hmm. sort of a shame. Yeah, but like when he goes to the doctor's place and he gets his shadow like arrowed to the wall, that was, that was a that was like weird. And he's just lucky that everybody reacted one at a time and very slowly, so he could turn and shoot them while he was stuck to the wall. It was just I don't know. I, I feel like they could have done more cool stuff with a character who like. That's fair. I think that that's why maybe a mafia, the mob, felt, would have been a better. It reminded me you know, of a sequel. 89's Batman, which we covered in our first episode. Yeah, in which the he's visually not particularly good. <laughs> well, yeah, because visually, you know, Batman looks great in you know every scene, except for the fact that every time he fights, 
it is sluggish, it is slow, it is yeah. unfulfilling, yeah. and most of the time he's interested in a vehicle. Like they just, yeah. it was very much or like he's that. just like, like insane. Or he's yeah. just standing still, holding his arms up, and people are kicking them. Yeah, as if yeah. he's blocking, but it's clear he's just not moving because he's in a giant rubber suit. Um, all told, though, the shadow, like like I said, as we, as we talked about at the top, um, I didn't like end the movie pissed that I watched it, like yeah. many of the movies that we do. No, yeah, I, there was the insane asylum. The insane asylum ending. Yeah, the movie ends with a what's his name? Shere Khan? I don't think that's right. Sh- Shao? Sh- Shira Khan. Shira Khan. Shao Khan, Khan is the. The, yeah, Shao Khan is the, is uh, the villain of Mortal Kombat. That's why it was Shao familiar Kombat. to my brain. Um, Thanks, brain. Um, but yeah, he wakes up to find that he has been lobotomized. And he comes, oh, and, and man. Yeah. The piece of his brain that it would allow him to do telepathy is gone. And so he can no longer control people's minds. And he yells, I'm the last descendant of Genghis Khan, which makes everybody else start yelling that they're Elvis. I'm Babe Ruth. Napoleon, yeah. Babe Ruth, I thought, was an interesting choice because, yeah. I don't know, everybody else was dead alive? except for Babe Ruth. I think Babe Ruth was still alive then. Simpsons did it, man. They had an episode of Michael Jackson. Um, True. You got me there, I, Yeah, I, I, mean, I like the end. I, I always I honestly kind of like it when a villain doesn't die in a movie, especially a movie they're trying to franchise, you know? Um, because I, I, I think that's always kind of a cop-out, you know? I don't think that's a very, always a very satisfying ending. No, I, I much prefer it that he didn't. You know, he didn't die in a big old fireball or anything. Um, he died. He he just got lobotomized. He can't use his powers anymore. But like he's, you know, like would he be, like, did that? Ha- I don't. I don't know. Did that ever happen? Did anything like that happen to him in the sh- the, the the comics or the the play, the radio play or the the serialized novels or anything? Um, because I think he'd still be like a big threat, you know, he'd be like a mafia yeah, I mean, boss of the ending too time. definitely makes sense to be like, if they were planning on doing this as like a franchise, Yeah. it'd be like, oh, we've got, you know, he'll come back later and something happens and now he has his powers back or whatever. He eats someone's brain or something. <laughs> but pretty cool. Unfortunately, it never happened because this movie did not do particularly well. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll have to throw away all of our Shadow and Phantom merchandise, which is just on eBay a big goddamn shame. Nights. Yeah, what's weird is both films, really heavy on rings, really heavy on yep. taxi drivers. Yep. Yeah. The <laughs> 20s, story. Man, basically the same thing. Yeah, they are very similar. Both men who rule a foreign that? country as some sort of white god. Yeah. Dick Tracy had a watch he could talk into, which is like a really big ring. When did Dick Tracy of the movie come out? It was like Shadow Phantom came out after Shadow, but Dick Tracy came out before Shadow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure of the order of the movies. Now. Dick Tracy first. came out in 1990. Okay, four years yeah. prior. Yeah, and I think Shadow came out in like 96, 98, maybe. I think so. Yeah, and that's the Pulpverse. Yeah, and Phantom came out in. <laughs> 1996. So I I think that the fact that the Dick Tracy movie did well is what made them think they could make these two movies. Yeah. All told, I think uh, when it comes to The Shadow, it's hard for me to come up with an answer in terms of would you recommend. If it was free streaming and not something you had to rent, I would honestly say kind of, yeah, like like watch it. It's it's got some pretty interesting cinematography. It's got a lot of really bombastic sets, even if they occasionally come with the weird... 
the weird perspective yeah. painting for for depth. Yeah, yeah. we had the, like that balcony scene had a lot of weird effects. Yeah. And also like the, the wires you saw, the the right. thing where he jumps that pushes a guard and flies down onto the gargoyle's back. But just like a all the falling piercing very dated. blue eyes, Alec Baldwin, <sighs> just with a perfect haircut. Perfect hair, chest just like man. just like Jedi mind tricking everyone. Fucking it's shank carpet. I wish that I my chest looked like that. <laughs> I am glad my chest does not. Um, he was thirty six. Chris, would you would you recommend it? Absolutely, I would recommend this movie. I mean, I, I think like uh, I I kind of like that whole era, you know, like that like fa- like that era they kind of turned into like a crime fantasy sort of thing. I think I think it has a really good set for everything, like Rocketeer. Uh, I I. I remember watching the phantom or the the uh, yeah the phantom at some point and liking it but not like loving it um and Your i loved would change Tracy you when i was it. a kid but i i enjoyed the shadow way more 23 years later than i thought i would you know i thought it'd be a trudge to get through it mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I, I even even though i was excited to do it um i thought it'd be a trudge and it, i i thoroughly enjoyed the movie Especially yeah, since it was said, like, uh, yeah, there's so many, so many things to see and like so many, like, uh, so many actors in it that I was like, where do I know that person from? Which is a, a side thing. Beyond that, I actually enjoyed watching the movie, which su- surprised me. I thought I'd, I thought I'd just be ripping on it the whole time. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as some of the movies we watch. They are like 40 to 50 minutes in. You're like, oh, I still got a half an hour, an hour left of these. This movie I didn't think was too long, but I do not still think it's it's a movie. There's just a lot of scenes that don't need to be in it and that go nowhere and are just kind of like punts or you know cul-de-sac scenes where nothing really comes out of them. I, like of Ben said, I, I think – Pardon? A lot of weird dream sequences. Like yeah. The, the I, face it, ripping one, which I don't think we got into oof. it. Yeah. The face ripping one with the dream sequence, I was like, oh, that's interesting. The scene where she talks about her dream is just weird. But Yeah, she's talking about – well, let's go back real quick. This is the only thing I want to talk she's about. She's basically like talking about having an orgasm, like a wet dream. She is talking – yes, 100% she is. She's talking about hot, cold. Like She's like she's laying it on thick. And like, she's just wearing a nightie. Yeah, no, it's like holy smokes. And um, like – but before that, like he has his dream where he's in his bed and he gets up and he wakes up and he walks to her bedroom and he, he goes into her room and he looks into a mirror and he pokes a little hole in his he rips he scratches a little hole into his his face and then puts his finger into his face, which is horrifying enough. But then he starts putting his whole it's, hand yeah, into it's his face. Not, it's not badly done. Can, like, all things it considered, looks terrifying and they like they yeah this thing where they spin the, the camera the, around him and it goes across the lamps and like and then they so they can cut the yeah like the middle the middle scene is the like the beginning and the middle are fine the end where he like pulls it off it's it's not as good but the, the effect yeah. when he first puts his hand in there is like really creepy because he gets like his whole hand in there we were all screaming in the room while it was happening like it was just like it, it, the, the more it spanned around spun around his head we all just started screaming like we were like oh my god like what is happening and it was fantastic. I don't know. I mean, there's all these little things in the movie that I just enjoyed. So I like. I'm it. still with Ben, though. I think it, if you can watch it for free, or you know somebody who has it, and it's definitely a movie I wouldn't watch alone. Well, definitely uh, watch it with people who do not watch it alone. Don't let that yeah. be your life. So. Make a friend. That, I think that is. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, Unless Ben, you had anything. So. 
that's it for the shadow. We we have now figured out what evil lurks in the hearts of men, and we've moved on, I guess. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, uh, a suggestion for the next movie you want us to do, shoot us a message at facebook.com slash naospod. Uh, comments or questions will be read on our next mini-episode where we'll tell you the next movie we're reviewing. Yeah. And if you'd like, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm not really using it that much anymore, though, but it's at uh, Chip Snackerson. And hopefully I'll have more stuff. I'll definitely be sharing this when you guys post it online. And I am hoping to do be guests on more podcasts, be guests here more often. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back. Yeah. We appreciate you sharing it. If you're a listener and you like the show, please share it, pass it on, tell friends to listen. And uh, you can catch Ben on Twitter at The Disco Pony and me on Instagram at It's Pogues. Uh, Until next time, I guess avoid shadow people.